gentlemen, please welcome to Wild and Crazy Guys. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hogan for the win. We're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. The most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogan. I don't think that this is a, bit, a full rebuild, but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Flues? And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now, here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Fishbane and Johns. Adam Hogue is... I don't know, Kev. He's out somewhere doing his best John Fox impression still this week. Did you hear him the other day? Uh, I know what he's doing as we record this podcast, Johns. He's not on this podcast. He's busy breaking down all 22. His secret bootlegged all 22 because I can't get it yet. I can't access. Secret bootleg all 22. I'll get on. I'll get on him for that. Yeah, let's figure yeah. that out. Is it? Is this like a high school special teams coordinators get uh, special <laughs> all 22? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's out. Uh, he still sounds like John Fox. Doesn't want to do the podcast. I get it. His throat still hurts. His voice is still gone. But he can still tweet. Gifts and videos of the All-22. It's not a bad film. Kev, you watched it, right? Some of it, not the All-22, but you watched the game again. Yeah, no, I watched I watched a decent amount of it. I'm, I'm waiting to dive into the All-22. Got to grind on that tape, John. See, it's that time of year. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, to, to quote the Dennis Green, they, it was what we thought it was. You know, kind of an ugly first half and came alive in the second half. And I think we saw, similar to good Bears teams, that if these guys have a lead in the fourth quarter and they're at home, they, they could be in pretty good position. Yeah, it helps defense, when you're in a torrential downpour. You could see the energy. Well, that the <laughs> torrential downpour helps when you're playing in a puddle, a giant yeah. puddle, a giant pond that, that Soldier Field became. All right, you, you know the deal. You could read Adam Hogue, whatever video breakdowns he has later at allchgo.com. He is still out with a lost voice. You can read Kevin Fishbane and I. I know you follow us on Twitter already. We're at theathletic.com. You have your Monday morning breakdown. It's Tuesday, but the Monday Monday morning rewind. Monday afternoon rewind, we should call it, right? Because Matty Eberflus yeah. is no longer in the morning. Monday rewind. Did you take note about how he dressed? I don't know why no. I thought about this. So he comes How up he... to the podium lectern, and like John Fox is always like in like a collared shirt. Remember those days? Yes. Matt Nagy for a little bit would wear the collared shirt. Remember that? Yeah, Iberfus was in Bears gear, wasn't he? Full Bears gear, like he just practiced. Yeah. yeah. I don't know He's why I thought fo- about that. He's a football, football coach. Yeah, football yeah. guy. Big time football yeah. guy. Um, get the merch. Obviousshirts.com. Uh, you can see it here on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, hit that subscribe button, and you know where we are. Um, rate and review the podcast. Tell a friend. Kevin, we got to wrap up week one. I think, uh, as Kent pointed out, a lot of folks, at least nationally, we'll do this briefly, everybody, at least nationally, are blaming the 49ers for the loss and giving the Bears credit for this one. I wanted your thoughts on that. Um, yeah, I... It's not surprising. <laughs> I had somebody in the league text me if Jimmy G was starting the 49ers win that game. I what did I tell you before the game? Yeah, I don't uh yeah, I don't 
and I don't disagree with it. My quote was, Kevin, I think the best quarterback in this game is actually on the sideline right now. Yeah. Trevor Simeon. <laughs> Nathan Peterman. I, like, it's okay. I think, I, you know me, I'm a big, like, two things can be true guy, right? Which is different than being a both sides guy. Got to clarify that. I'm a big two things can be true guy. I think that there's a lot of good things the Bears can pull, and it's an, in, very impressive they won that game. I do think the weather helped a lot. I think the 49ers penalties helped a lot. I think Trey Lance's struggles and inexperience helped a lot. Um, and we'll probably get a better sense of who the Bears are next Sunday night, which I know we'll get to in a little bit. So I think it's I, I understand why everyone's kind of you saying the 49ers lost this game more so than the Bears won this game. I'll go ahead and say both things can be true. I think some of it is that at least nationally, the 49ers tend to be like this media darling, and I think they have been since Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have taken over. I think a lot of people were expecting more from Trey Lance. So you have that over-evaluation of Trey Lance's performance in week one. He could still be good, but I thought he'd struggle in this. Forget just the the circumstances of the weather. This is like his first football game in how long? First real football game playing with this team, having the, the weight of expectations on his shoulders, playing a pretty good defense, at least one that I thought would be. It's okay that they struggled. What do you By think the Bears way, the, sorry, uh, this is not relevant. But for the YouTube viewers, like we could have had Hoke come on and like write things on a whiteboard. <laughs> like you could have listened. And- he, if you're new to the show, Adam Hoke used to have this like little big board where he used to like do his player rankings for the draft, and it was like the smallest thing. Like at it, it Soldier Field, they have like these ceiling to <laughs> or ceiling to floor dry erase boards. Adam Hogs was like this little one you would use to like drop flag football plays for like five year olds <laughs> on the fly if they could understand it. But I always gave him a hard time for that. So if you're new, tweet him about the the whiteboard. Um, Kev, what do you think Bears fans thought of this one? We're gonna play these voicemails soon. Excitement, tempered excitement a little bit. Yeah, I, I think they were excited. I, I would I would imagine there's some. Uh, it's a, it was a fun win when you watch the way the second half turned out i mean we always talked about that 2018 season you know where eddie jackson was the closer and he kind of had that happen um it was so funny too johns because he picks that ball off the bears are up three with what like seven minutes to go and i felt like there was no doubt the bears were winning that game yeah uh and it just was about the tone they had set at that point obviously the weather being on their side um, and what that could be a strange feeling covering the Bears because we're used to them blowing it. Very strange, but it, it was weird. I just like, oh, game over, um, and they felt it too. Jalen Johnson talked about it. Like he said, you could tell, you know, looking across the line at the 49ers, like they were just done. So yeah, I think I think Bears fans are gonna be pretty happy about it. I I don't think that because uh, because here's the thing, you can say the weather helped. You could also argue. And we're gonna to get to this when we uh, after the voicemails. I think you could also argue the weather prevented the Bears' offense from doing some of the things that they wanted to do. So if you want to look at it optimistically moving forward, you could say, "Eh, Bears' offense struggle a lot," but you could say, "Well, maybe when it's in better conditions, we'll get a better sense of what Luke Ketsy can do." Oh, they definitely removed some things from the play sheet. Yeah, Matt Eberflus acknowledged as much. Um, okay, let's hear from you. 
Let's go to our voicemail line. Kent, hit the button. Let's see what fans you have to say. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Hoggy Cat, John Zippet, Kenny G, Jimmy Chuck. Guess what? Bob Dabrowski here calling in from BEA Otefal Soldiers Field on the lakefront of glorious Chicago. Boys, we got football. Football is back here in the city of Chicago across just the U.S. of A. And today, the Chicago Bears are playing the San Francisco 49ers, a team that they should have beat last year, and they're going to get revenge. It's the Bears' revenge game, whole team revenge game. How do you like that? Boys, uh, I'm optimistic. It's week one. Um, I feel like this is a season of hope, the season of rebuild. Maybe the Bears uh, shock the world and only win 15 games, 16 games, and a 17-game schedule. Hey, crazier things have happened. Uh, you know, today, I like the Bears' odds, believe it or not. I like the Bears' odds to take home a W. I know they're dogs, but I think Justin Fields is going to have himself a day. You know, I think uh, the only line I'm worried about here today is Justin Fields versus the amount of pulled pork sandwiches I eat. I'm already at a baker's dozen. I still take Fields. Baby Dicka's in the house. We got Spaceman Mooney. We got this defense, the, Mo- the Mohammed... Montezuma, Missile, Rock Con, Smith. Boys, all right, I've talked enough. Let's go, Bears. Super Bowl, Super Bears, week one. Get it done. Let's go. Chicago Bears down. Well, it looks like every other year as a Bears fan, uh, terrible inept offense and uh, defense and weather that's keeping the game closer than it actually is. Looks like it's going to be another long season. Hey, Hogan Johns. Bears offensive first half. It's way too conservative. Yes, I know it was raining and crappy out. But the Niners were so much in the backfield because they were being too conservative with running screen passes, bootleg out more with Justin Fields to create those passing opportunities. This is Andrew from Minnesota. I just watched a third down run on a third and long screen. They don't trust their offensive line to block a five-step drop. This is going to be a bad day. Is this f***ing Matt Nagy calling plays again? Hoagie Cat, John Z, babe. It ain't looking so hot. Bears down 7 nothing at halftime. Defense looks spectacular. Gotta say, did not see this offense being this bad. It's almost like I'm watching a repeat of the Cleveland game. It's making for some pretty hard TV. Let's hope that this changes. They're down. Well, the whole problem with the last law is that they could never adjust at halftime. Let's see if Jetsy, Eberflus, they can actually change the game plan and actually see if they can come out on top. Oh, God. Hoagie and Johns. Nick from Indianapolis. Man, I don't fucking know, man. It's got a... I, I think that Eberflus has Nagy and speed dial. I, I don't know what to think about that first half, but let's hope they come out and, uh, I don't know. Go Bears. The Bears had three yards passing in the first half, and Matt Eberflus just said, that's how we're built. Hoggy Cat, John Z, babe, we're checking in here for quarter three. Things are looking on the up. We finally got a wide receiver to catch a pass. 
and it's Dante Pettis who's going to take it to the house on a broken play. Justin Fields with the vision. Keeps his eyes downfield after evading the sack, and that is what we want to see. Let's get some more of that. Let's go. This game is right there within grass. 10-7 Bears. Bear down. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Jackson. Jay from Connecticut. Bear down. It turns out the coaching is as good as advertised. They made the adjustments. And the Bears are up by nine. Bears yes, I got to give credit here. Winning turnovers and penalties. This game really turned around. Kind of like Lovey's back. Bears win. Super Bowl baby. Booker tickets to Arizona. 17-0. Let's go. Luke from Denver. Again, I'm new to this. This being my second year as a Bears observer. This team is not a bunch of losers. Straight facts. Last year, they were a bunch of losers with a losing scheme that couldn't do anything. This year, they they stuck with it at multiple positions, made plays to win the game despite the weather, and they believed in themselves. You could see how much of a team they are together at the end of the game with the formation where they all slid into the end zone in the rain. Obviously, boys will be boys, but, like, that was pretty. That was a pretty cool sign. Also, Justin f***ing Fields, let's go. Hey, Bears fans, B-Man here. Slow start, but it's the finish that matters. Got that W. Bear down! I think Bob is still talking somewhere. It's fun to see the evolution of like the people that called in the first quarter, second quarter. Because I, I said to you in the press box at one point, I didn't make the Matt Nagy joke. Because we saw a lot of Justin Fields in the pocket, and we saw the offense not doing anything. And um, Yeah, but... Uh, but then, but yeah, by third and fourth quarter, people start getting, getting happy again. Yeah, yeah. If if you watch, I watch, I rewatch the game. If you watch some of it, the the like some of these passes that Justin Fields misses, it's like he said afterward, it was like play to play the grip. Like early in the game, there was that kind of an incess- incessant rain, not not overly heavy, but consistent and the field was a bit saturated there was some puddles in certain places when players ran you see you saw splashes but then you would see the ball not exactly pop out of his hand with the same velocity that you would see on a clear sunny day so i think like you have to take that into in account i think the bears coaches took that into account as as they adjusted as the game went you talk about half time adjustment I, I i think this coaching staff almost adjusted per series in terms of what they were going to do. That in itself is <laughs> quite the turnaround from before. Yeah, we're a little new to that. Remember we used to talk about, uh, was it John Fox? Like they never did well coming out of halftime. And we all know about Matt Nagy's, their, that team struggles in the first drive, although this team did go three and out on their first drive of the 2022 season. Uh, yeah, it's um, you know it's one of those games where... If, I think if the 49ers had won, considering the expectations on that team, they go back to San Francisco and say, phew, we got out of there with a win. It was ugly. It's not how we want to play. But because of the conditions, we got the win. For the Bears, I think because of their expectations, they're able to say, hey, we got a lot of work to do, but we also showed we can do X, Y, and Z. And I said to you, I thought Matt Eberflus was very measured yesterday. Like he was, you could tell, frustrated with some of the fundamental issues with tackling, um, with blocking. Uh, you know, he handed out a lot of loafs. Um, I think uh, Hoagie Cat actually highlighted one on, not a loaf, um, but a tackling thing on Twitter 
where Jalen Johnson kind of tried to shoulder a guy out of bounds, and Ibrufus was right there telling him he has to wrap up. Uh, so you can kind of see that constant coaching. Um, and you could, you know, again, everything's going to change when we talk next week, right? After Aaron Rodgers and Lambeau Field. But for this week, you know, there's just there's a lot for Bears fans to be not excited about necessarily, but happy about just to get that win. To quote John Fox, I mean Adam Hogue, this week was more carnival than crisis. Yes. To go back to that quote. This is what we're going to do now. We're going to go over... Two things that we liked about this game, two things we didn't like. I want to see, I want your stat guy. I want to hear your favorite stat of this game. And then quickly, let's get into Bears Packers. There's already questions about Aaron Rodgers on Monday. It is what it is. But Kev, start with you. Two things you liked from the Bears in this game. I actually took notes, I came prepared. I like that. Take that, hoagie cat. Um, all right. Uh, first thing I liked. I liked that Luke Getze stayed committed to the run. Like, Dave Montgomery was not going anywhere. Uh, but then Khalil Herbert found some room to run. I just liked that he stuck with the game plan and didn't panic. And understood the conditions. Understood what was going on. Uh, and then, obviously, they were able to open things up for Herbert when, when they needed to. And I just... We saw so often in the past few years that... When they got down, it was pass, 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 pass. And what fields that he finished with 17 pass attempts, I want to say. Like, that's a totally fine number. As, when you, as he should on a rainy day. Yeah. So I liked that, that Getsy, you know, did, was stubborn in a good way, right? And, and understood the way the flow of that game. It was not out of hand. It was not in a situation where they needed to throw and, and try to score quickly. Like they had time and, and they were methodical. Let me inject myself quickly before you go to number yeah. two. There's a lot of Manning cast clips out there right now because of the complete debacle that the Broncos were in the, oh, in the, in the yeah. final minute or just the entire game in terms of game management. Um, makes you appreciate what Matt Eberflus, all the work he put in to, to do what he did for week one. Uh, but there's another clip where he mocks the Jets for passing 59 times in week one with their backup quarterback. Like, I thought about that when you look at Justin Fields' stats. Like, he should not be passing more than 20 times in this game. Yeah. It was too wet. First game against a good defense. Know the situation. Understand the game. Understand what you can and can't do. I like what Luke Getze did. Number two. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Um, This is a guy I highlighted in the Monday Rewind. I liked Armand Watts. Kind of an unsung major part of what the defense did. I talked to him a little bit after the game, Johnson, and what he told me was his last year at Arkansas, they played a defense similar to what the Bears play now. So I checked his Arkansas stats. He played 114 snaps his first three years at Arkansas. So obviously it was like a reserve. His senior year, they weren't good. They were 2-10. and 10. But in that defense, he broke out. He led the team in sacks. He was a starter all year, became a sixth-round pick. So that was just kind of some context of why he's comfortable in this defense. Now, he had two run stops, one for two yards, one for one yard. Both times, the 49ers punted a couple plays later. So, you know, he helped stall the drive. He had a one pressure, two hurries. Uh, Hogue actually, he tweeted about giving Armand Watts, what was he called, like his green marker? He does the green and red for yes. as he's re-watching the game, Coach Hogue. You know, not to take credit, but if Hogan read the Monday Rewind, 
he would have known we were already on top of it. Yes. So yes. number ninety six. You know, yeah. So uh, again, just one game, but for a guy that just came to this team, you know, nine days before the game, uh, we know the interior pressure is going to be important for what they're trying to do. Uh, I liked what I saw from Armand Watts. He was noticeable yep. for a guy who got here what less than two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He's only had a handful of practices with within this defense. You could see him. You could see him in the backfield. I'm not saying he looked like the old number 96, but the but the Bears picked up a contributor off the waiver wire who had a career high what five sacks last year for the Minnesota Vikings. Yep, and he was very surprised he got cut. He just didn't fit what they wanted to do there. And um, yeah, it, uh, it, it should be it should be a nice rotation with him and, and Justin Jones in there, uh, and, and trying to get pressure from from inside. Looks like he fits here. Uh, number one for me. Let's go back to Luke Getze. The play design of the touchdown to Equinemius St. Brown. Yep, I liked it a lot. We we talked at length. At least I feel like we talked at length during the preseason about. The play designs that Matt Nagy had, or not Matt. Oh, whoa. Hello. Whoa. That Hello. Luke Getze had. Luke Getze had for Justin Fields. Like finding guys that, like scheming guys open. There's nothing wrong with scheming guys open. This play, if you rewatch it, and thanks for Kent for putting it up on the, on the YouTube channel here. The, the crossing route, the underneath crossing route that Byron Pringle runs. Like, he's wide open. We all saw it from the press box, but he's like the third read. But that third read serves such a purpose. It freezes the safety. Like, if we watch this slowly, this is a good angle here if you're watching YouTube. That back-end safety there, the, the final line of the fence, that crossing route freezes him a bit. And with him frozen, St. Brown is able to get to that corner route and have just, just a wide-open end zone. Wide open end zone. I just like what they did. It they they flooded the right side. Little play action. You know the Bears want to run the ball. It's wet, sloppy. Good play call. Good play design. We saw that a lot in training camp. Just good plays where receivers are wide open. There's nothing wrong with that. Like it's what's what you're supposed to be doing as offensive coordinator. You can't expect your guys to win every single one on one. Help them out. Have good scheme plays. That's a great example of what Luke Getty could do in this like with this team. With like even with this limited personnel, Darnell Mooney's not on the field for this one, guys. He's not. It's an exceptional design by Luke Getze. I like it a lot. How many times in the last four years did we see more than one player open on a play, <laughs> like that open in the red zone, like that? You know, uh, that was uh, that was a big play because you and me, both of us in the press box, immediately said Pringle, right. And then the ball goes the other way, and you look up, and St. Brown's open as well. But those are little... Go ahead. Yeah, well, one thing, too, I want to say, the two touchdowns, right? So St. Brown was open. Dante Pettis obviously was wide open, right? You still have to make the throw. And I know a professional quarterback should hit that throw 99 times out of 100, but you know who did not hit open guys? was Trey Lance. It's something Justin Fields... Did, and, and we also, we, we talked about this a lot in 2019, that that was a challenge for Mr. Trubisky sometimes. Guys would be wide open, and he just would miss. And, and, and feels that, that, you know, to have those two opportunities to make sure he hit, you know, again, that, that's an important thing for him. Could you think, uh, like, just think of the opposite. We talk about the opposite every time. What if he just tucked in a run and gained four or five yards? You watched the All-22. Heck, you didn't even have to watch the All-22. We all saw how wide open he was. 
the outrage, the pictures. It's like the Trey Burton picture in the back of the end zone against the Packers again, right? Just, mm-hmm. just standing there. You expect him to make that throw. You expect him to, to find him, number one. Total positive. But to go back to that Gatsy play design, even like the wheel route that Byron Pringle ran for his first reception as a Bear, great design, wide open. Maybe could have been a better throw. But I like what they did scheme-wise. I really do in terms of finding matchups, confusing defenders. And you saw that again with that touchdown. Those little details of that crossing route, like when he flashes, that freezes the safety that opens up St. Brown. Justin Fields resets his feet, finds St. Brown. I just like it. I like it a lot. All right, number two for me, let's go to defense. It's Eddie Jackson. I like it. Like just from a, a personal perspective, looking at him individually, like getting that interception in the first game, like just the, the confidence that he might have now. The emotions, like the, the the feelings of pressure that he probably still had on his shoulders. It's gone now. It's gone. Great play. Great play call by Allen Williams, the defensive coordinator. Had Eddie Jackson as the robber in that play. So for the Bears, having Eddie Jackson end his interception-free streak, it's a good sign for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it's like uh, you know basketball players say sometimes you just got to see it go through the net, right? Sometimes you got to see it on tape. That you, you you corralled the pick. It counted to get taken off the board. I joke with you in the press box that we taught we spent so much time talking about the interceptions of Eddie Jackson's that did not count that I didn't I like didn't realize that he really hadn't had one that did count since 2019. Yeah, and this one really so, counted just in terms of yeah. situation and the time in the game. To use another sports analogy, when I used to cover the Blackhawks. They used to talk about getting those dirty, cheap, greasy goals just to, to end, you know, goalless streaks. It's not a, it's not a cheap one, but whatever. Just in, terms, just, just in terms of what it does for a, a player's mindset. It's a good mm-hmm. sign, Freddie Jackson. All right. Now it's time to be negative Nellies. What didn't you like about the Bears' win on Sunday? So I'm I'm saying this with a caveat that as we talked about earlier, I understand the playbook was probably limited, and we'll hear from Luke Getzey on Thursday. But I just didn't see enough misdirection in that first half, and the problem with using the rain as a bit of an excuse is the 49ers are doing it, and you know the 49ers look pretty good doing it. Trey Lance actually did make some pretty good throws in that first half. You remember that one we rolled right through to his left through three Bears defenders for that big gain. Um, you know, we saw what they were doing with Debo Samuel, and you kind of look like, oh, that's what the Bears want to be able to do, but they're not doing it. So I just, and, and you know, the speed, like the team speed just wasn't there in, in the first half. So I just would have liked to have seen a little bit more misdirection. Like you don't need to go crazy, but you can have some more different motions and whatnot to show what this offense is supposed to be. Because uh, I'm telling you, like, you're not going to beat the Packers with zero points in the first half. There's not many teams, not many situations you're going to do that Do that against. So Let me put my number one in here, too, real, yep. real quick. Like David Montgomery's production. Mm. Yep. 1.5 yards per carry. That can't be that bad. It, it, the weather is a factor only so much. 
I get it that maybe Khalil Herbert came in when there was a little break in that weather, but he still seemed to make that one cut and get up the field faster than David Montgomery was doing. You and I both pointed out there was one run by David Montgomery where he kind of bounced and bounced and bounced, and then he went forward. Khalil Herbert usually put that foot in the ground and go. He finds his landmark, and he goes. That's what he did at Virginia Tech. And I'm not saying there's a running back controversy right now, but if that production continues, if David Montgomery's production is similar to what happened in week one, the Bears might have a decision there to make, and just in terms of who gets the ball more. Yeah, I mean, Montgomery's best play was when he caught that kind of underhanded pass from Fields and was able to elude a few defenders. But, uh, and it certainly seemed like David Montgomery wasn't happy with it either. You know, he he ducked out of that locker room pretty quickly before we were even let in. Um, and he's probably frustrated. Um, so, you know, I, this team needs David Montgomery. Yes, it does. I think the question is going to be how much and in what situations do they need him? If this is going to be, if it's going to be a challenge for him to get that yards per carry up. Yeah. And here's, can I add this? We've seen David Montgomery one cutting it up the field. Mm-hmm. We've seen him get north, south with violence and finish with violence. This felt like a perfect game to assert that violence. And instead you had a 1.5 yards carry per average yeah what, and seven, as we were 17 talk- 17 carries for 28 yards was that it that's that's what i was gonna say 17 carries again like i mentioned earlier gets kept giving it to him kept giving them opportunities it wasn't there it felt noteworthy to me and i put this in my takeaways column that when eddie jackson got that pick and the bears are in the red zone or in the 21 about to go into the red zone it was khalil herbert who goes out not david montgomery yeah because they ran the, the court- ball four times with him on that drive yeah, it shut the door time, and they chose because you you would think of anything Montgomery's your guy that can help turn the clock because he'll push the pile forward. He won't take losses. exactly with violence. Yeah, what's number two? Uh, defense is the lack of pressure on Trey Lance. Um, so oh, really, I thought quarter- it was okay. Okay, it's okay. I thought so. The total was four quarterback hits, and three of those were sacks. I just thought that they're. I I'm going to get to this later in the stat part. They didn't blitz. So you're counting on the four. I thought I thought Robert Quinn was better. I thought they were, you actually go through each guy had a few pressures. I thought they actually did have a lot of had a lot of individual pressures. I just think it was one of those things where you wanted to see a little bit more. And again, I'm always thinking I have kept thinking ahead to next week. And like you're you're just gonna have to get home more often. Um and, and you know, look, the field didn't help. Obviously, uh, and they came through in the clutch when they needed to on third down. Um, but essentially, they had one quarterback hit that wasn't a sack the whole game, which I believe was Travis Gibson. So yeah, maybe maybe uh, picking nits a bit because um, they did. I think I should be. I should clarify. They had a lot of pressures. They didn't a lot of hits. And, and with a running quarterback like that, you want to be able to get a hand on them more often. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, my number two. The kicking game. Mm, yeah. Now, I want to fault the weather a little bit here, but I don't know. I mean, that's just a, it wasn't good. It wasn't Cairo Santos' best day. I, I did like this, so it's a dislike with a like. Afterward, in the, in the locker room, everybody goes to Trenton Gill to ask about the towel penalty, towel penalty, 
And Cairo Santos injects himself into the conversation and say, no, that's my fault. It's not the rookies. I told them to do it. Here we are. That can't happen. I know there's some language changes with, with that rule, at least recently. So that's an excuse, but that's on Santos more than Gil. And then you had the two missed extra points. Just not good. I get that the operation is sloppy. I get that there's a water under there, but Robbie Gold made his kicks. He did. Nobody talked to Robbie after the game. Nobody at all? From a Chicago side, at least. I don't think. I didn't see anything. No, that storyline has ended. Yeah. Do you think he was bummed, just kind of sitting there, waiting for one of us to pop in and say hello? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Probably not. Yeah. Probably saw some family and moved on. Still lives around here. All right. Numbers guy. What is your favorite stat from this game? So... I am a numbers guy, and I got a lot of good numbers on Monday Rewind, so check that out. I'm stealing this number from our colleague, Bo Wolf, who put this in his power rankings. Four teams over the past five seasons have gone an entire game without blitzing, and all of them won, including the Chicago Bears on Sunday, who joined the Bills, who did the same thing against Los Angeles in week one, did not blitz. I thought that was a very interesting stat. And we knew going in that this is not a defense that blitzes very much. But to have zero blitzes was fascinating to me. Uh, it obviously worked out in the end. Uh, and, and the fact that you go through this very recent history, small sample size. But uh, yeah, maybe that's the key. These teams looking for ways to win. Just don't blitz. You know what I like about that? Those blitzes aren't on film. Or at least some of the ideas they might have for mm-hmm. blitzes with Aaron Rodgers due up next in Green Bay. Just like certain calls from Luke Getzey's play sheet weren't used. Yeah, I kind of wish my Northwestern Wildcats had blitzed uh, once or twice on Saturday. uh, Uh, The advantage of the unknown. Uh, I got two stats that I like. Uh, One, Jalen Johnson was not targeted at all in this game. So I have a slight correction to that. Oh. Somebody pointed this out in the comments on Monday Rewind. And I want to hear you take it. Technically, he was targeted on Eddie Jackson's interception. He was the corner in coverage there, because Eddie talked about how, you know, he saw the way you know the way Jalen was playing. No, aren't the there two? Re- there's another guy going to the outside. There was though. another corner, but I'm pretty sure Johnson was the one. You, know, you want to go uh, to the uh, videotape? Let's keep talking about this. Maybe Kent can find the the video of it. At least the the times I'm trying to remember how exactly it played out. At least I'm recalling what Eddie Jackson said that he knew that Jalen Johnson was out there, and that another receiver was heading out there. So I, I guess it's subjective with this, which some of it is. But I thought in general, okay, so we'll call it one target that, that turned into an interception yeah. for a anyway, teammate. Sorry, but no, I, it's, way, a very, a good, it's a very a, important stat. A good sign for a cornerback who you're who's supposed to be your number one. The guy who's bought into the hits philosophy. You saw him whacking at footballs. He had a good game. Very good start to his to the Eberflus portion of his career. So And a great locker room quote. Jalen Johnson, I assume you're a Hogan Johns listener. Continue having great locker room quotes. It's much appreciated. Oh, you want to give us that one locker room quote that he had? You want to talk about that quickly? Oh, yeah. Uh, he was asked about uh, Trey Lance, 
And he said, we made him play quarterback. Sound familiar? When Tremont Williams said that about Mitch Trubisky in week one of 2019, oh my goodness, the social media reaction to that was something else. One more. No offensive penalties. Yeah, big one. In, in fact, Sam Mustafer, Justin Fields, the slides, they uh, got penalties. <laughs> they did. No, they did. Th- this is different. That That is, that felt so unnaggy like to me. Using the cadence, like just the, the awareness of the situation to, to snap the ball by Sam Must for even the sliding, just the the quick slides from Justin Fields, and now the calls that he's getting just feels different to me. Yeah, you you, you really turned this into a bashing Matt Nagy podcast. Oh no no no! Matt, uh, last I checked, Matt Nagy's quarterback threw five touchdowns on Sunday. He did. He did look good. I I, I threw in my story. It hasn't pissed anybody off yet, but. Um, I was going through Justin Fields' stats, and he was second in the league in touchdowns per attempt because he only had 17 attempts to the two touchdown passes. Number one was Patrick Mahomes. Different days for both yes, of them, but five you know, zero. kind of a fun stat. There are a lot of things to like from this one. Like a- Another observation for me, and I put this in my takeaways column, is how Dominique Robinson talked about his sacks. Like the stuff he saw on film of two veteran accomplished tackles. That's coaching right there. Like the, the way he saw Mike McGlinchey oversetting or Trent Williams, the way he kicked his foot. Little tells, little tips that he got on film. That's coaching. Eddie Jackson breaking down his inter- interception. That's coaching. And then Justin Fields breaking down the interception that he threw. What he tried to do with his eyes with Fred Warner trying to get him out of the area to get to Darnell Mooney. That throw was there, but he didn't see the backside safety. Check down in the flat to Cole Clement. Just to hear them articulate like immediately after the game what went right and what went wrong. It's a sign of coaching, and in Justin Fields' case, development. And more importantly, it gives us, the writers, plenty to work with. Yes, it does. Because that's what everybody cares about. All right, quickly, Bears at Packers. What are your early thoughts? Dun, dun, dun. Um, I'll give you a stat here. Aaron Rodgers, 5.74 yards per attempt in the season opening loss in Minnesota. That ranks 185th out of his 213 career games. Wow. However, last season, week one, Packers lost 38-3. Rodgers was 15 of 18, 15 of 28, 133 yards, no touchdowns, two picks, 36.8 pass rating. One of, if not the worst game of his entire career. The next week, Green Bay at home against an inferior opponent, Rodgers, 22 for 27, four touchdowns, no interceptions, 145.6 rating in a 35-17 So the Packers are ten point favorites already. I feel like that's gone up. I mean, I know who was it? Was it was it Roquan Smith said yesterday, like, you know, we're gonna get them at their best because they lost and we're excited about that. 
Why would you? You know, why would you want that? You want the Packers feeling confident and feeling good after blowing somebody out. You do not want to get Aaron Rodgers on an Aaron Rodgers get right game. Yeah, yeah. On Sunday night at Lambeau, unless, unless, unless there are things that happened within that game that are more systemic than the Packers are hoping for. If you know, you talked about overreacting, right? So the the easy overreaction was, oh, the Packers didn't do a good enough job replacing Devontae Adams, right? So maybe there are things in there. There are some some cracks there in the foundation. Then then it's different. But if if you just like look at Rogers' career and you look at this rivalry, you look at the players in the field, like I'm not sure how much stock I'm putting in what they did against Minnesota. It's gonna take some good coaching. Um I, let's not overlook like the concerns the Packers have, though. Like yeah. you mentioned, Devontae Adams, the receiving core. There's question marks there. I, I would say the Bears' secondary might have the advantage over the receiving core. Maybe. I think you don't think Jalen Johnson can handle Alan Lazard. No. Here's the problem. If Trey Lance didn't target Jalen Johnson all day. What do you think Darren Rodgers is going to do? He's not going to throw Jalen Johnson once. He's yeah, going to look fine. up and see who's against Kendall Vildor, who's against Kyler Gore, and he's going to throw it to those guys all day. See, I think like Kyler those Gordon guys have gonna, to make the plays. Kyler but. Gordon is going to get better. He got beat bad oh, yeah. against the 49ers, but he's a rookie. Oh, yeah. He's going to get turned around. He's going to get better. I don't know exactly what the ceiling is for Kendall Vildor. We've seen him at the floor a few times. Um, but that's a matchup, Rodgers. You know he's going to want to try to exploit. But the second question is, why is Justin Jefferson running wide open all the time? Yeah. How many points do you think the Bears have to score on Sunday to win? They got to hit the 20s. Yeah. Say 28? Yeah. Have to. Yeah. But then again, like I wouldn't be surprised if they kept it close. Those lovey teams would are you going to produce another Are you no, going to another Bears no, win? No, I don't think so. Wow, but you have no, faith, I, but, but you have no think, faith in the Bears. I think they Zero can cover faith. the 10. You think they can cover the 10? Uh, yeah, I think they can. Maybe they lose by a touchdown, but... I I, I think this is going to be a, another test for the coaching staff because like, you could have it's a young team prime time at Lambeau Field with number 12 on the other side. It's going to be easy for kind of eyes to go wide a little bit. And how many guys is it is the moment going to be too big for them, right? For a Braxton Jones, for a Jaquan Brisker, for Kyle Gordon. Everything we've heard and seen from these guys, it's not going to be too big for them. Yeah, yeah. Jaquan right? Brisker strikes me as a player who revels in that moment. Yes, I agree. But it's easy to say that now about what we know about them. But then when the game begins and you hear that crowd and you're in that building and you're under the lights... And you see Rodgers, like, you know, it's just, it just could be different. So it'll be, it's, it's a massive test. You know, we, we will know so much more about this team on Monday than we do right now. Agreed. Agreed. By the way, a rough weekend for the Hogan Johns alma maters. Agreed. <laughs> I don't know how, how did Ignatius do? I don't know. I don't know. I have no but idea. the Wisconsin lost, Northwestern lost, the ND Dons lost. Andy Downs lost to Highland Park Giants. Tough loss. I am wearing actually my uh, Georgia Southern shirt. Why Respect do you have a Georgia Southern for their win over Georgia Nebraska? Southern shirt. They beat Nebraska immediately. No, I'm just kidding. I, uh, 
Um, shout out to Homefield, not a sponsor. Could be a sponsor. I don't know how that works, but uh, I do love their shirts. And they did a mystery box, so you, you don't know what shirts you're getting. And one of my shirts you was get a Georgia. Southern. I got Georgia Southern. It's very comfortable. And uh, I'm you sitting need there. One wa- of these Hogan John shirts. I've got some Hogan John's gear, but I was just—I thought I'd represent the Georgia Southern Eagles. Clay Helton that went over Nebraska. It's pretty entertaining. Sure. Listen, if your team is going to lose at home to Duke, like my team did, I'm allowed to revel in the Hoagie Cats losing to Washington State <laughs> and to Chris Emma's Huskers losing to Georgia Southern to Chris Emma's Irish losing to. Marshall, Marshall. to Nick Moriano's Hawkeyes losing to the Cyclones. Who else is up? To Pat Finley's Mizzou Tigers losing to Kansas State. Joe Romano's Wolverines, though. Yeah, yeah. J.J. McCarthy's the the Chicago kid. Now he's the official starter, is he not? I know, yeah. He looked good. He looked really good. Um, Yeah. See, I got some uh, college football analysis for you. Look at you. Yeah. Do we have any? I'm trying to think of other alma maters of, of uh, friends of ours in the media room who's lost. Mm, that's all I got. I'm not sure what the St. Norbert Green Knights did. Keep talking. I'll find out. Um, Illini, they, they won. They might be okay. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, so rough week for the alma maters. I think the Northwestern should... Uh, Get right against Southern Illinois this weekend. By the I way, I might take score, I might you know? take my son to his first Northwestern game. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how long he lasts. Uh the Green Knights beat Stevens Point. Oh, wait, there you hold go. on, hold on. Oh. Was this the last game? Yes, it is. They beat Stevens Point. UW Stevens Point. Big D. Is anybody wins. still listening to this podcast? By the way, at this point, you think? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not do you sure. want to do an over? Let's do an over under. Uh, 59 and a half minutes my son lasts in Ryan Field. He just turned two. It's going to be his first time at a big sporting event. Oh, I'm giving you like 43 minutes. Yeah. All right. You want to set the over under 43 and a half? 43 and a half minutes. You're going to have to feed him. My goal, the game starts at 11. Lock him around. Get him to play football. Yeah. Kickoff's 11. My goal is can I get him to noon? Yes. That's the goal. Okay. I'm hopeful. I'll give you that. And if if worse, you know, I I have, he could just watch YouTube on my phone. That's fine if he wants to. Okay. But uh, we can recap this next week. So we'll go. My goal is to get him to noon. I'll let you guys know how it goes. Yeah. All right. That's it. Fishbane and Johns. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, Adam Hogue might be back. I'm not sure. He still sounds like John Fox. He just texted me. He's back? No. He's not back. Yeah. You and me again on Thursday? We'll see. Okay. Anyway, thank you, Kevin. Read us at theathletic.com. He's got his Monday rewind up. I got my five takeaways. We'll have more later this week. A lot of great stuff. Bo Wolf, talked about him earlier. His power rankings are up. Dan Pompey's postgame thoughts. Postgame Pompey is up for Monday as well. So check out all our coverage. Go to obviousshirts.com. The Hogan Johns merchandise. YouTube, hit that subscribe button. And I guess follow Adam Hogue too. All CHGO.com. He's breaking down that film, as always. That's it. Thanks, Kev. See ya.
Justin Fields.